Good evening to everyone. My name is Terry Pacheco, and I want to welcome everyone to Let's Talk Low Vision with Dr. Bill. It's a crazy busy week, I know, for everyone, but I want to thank as many of you that were able to get here this evening as possible, and we're just delighted to have Dr. Bill back, and he will be taking over in just a moment. His special guest this evening will be Katie Friedman, who's a low vision specialist, who's going to be talking with us about magnifiers. And so I want to say hello and welcome both Dr. Bill and Katie to Let's Talk Low Vision with Dr. Bill, presented by the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International, CCLVI is most more lovingly known. Hello, Dr. Bill. Hello, and thank you to all of you for being on this call this evening, and happy holidays. We hope that you're all doing well, and I hope that you're ready for a great holiday season. Well, this evening, we're going to talk about different types of low vision aids, and we're going to talk about it throughout the lifespan because there's many children with low vision and these kids can truly benefit from the low vision aids as well. So tonight, we'd really like to have this be a very open discussion. If you have low vision aids that you would recommend or even low vision aids that you would not recommend, I want you to feel free to talk about it. Well, one of the things that many people are not aware about is the fact that vision is a skill that develops significantly over the first five years of life. So when a child is born at birth, their vision is actually very blurred. And they really only could see at a distance between about 12 inches and closer. So this makes it very, very helpful because the child can then look at mom's face or dad's face and they will often respond to the faces that dad and mom makes. But the way that the visual system is designed is that the visual system uses many, many different parts of the brain. So when the eyes see something, electrical signals are sent from the eyes to these different parts of the brain. And each time that those electrical signals are received by the brain, it creates a new connection. So what we find is that over the first six months, as a child is seeing more and more objects, we notice that they see things quicker and they could see things that are further away. And then they begin to see things that are smaller and also things that are in color. So it usually isn't until a child is close to three years of age that the child actually has a quite a bit of high level of vision. And then when the child is five years of age, there are so many connections in the brain that the child has vision that's similar to that of an adult. So what we really want to get across to parents is that when you have a child, it is very, very helpful to have a visually stimulating environment. You want to have your home with a lot of high contrast, black and white patterns. I know that when my daughter, when she was born, I told my wife, let's go to the 99 cent store that they have all over here in LA. And there's so many things that you see there that are large and high contrast. We found a really nice tablecloth. And it just had a gigantic picture of Mickey Mouse's face on there. And so we would use it as a tablecloth. And then we would put it on the floor in the living room. 
So when our daughter was playing on the floor, that was a visual stimuli. We then found other types of things in there. We found the beach balls that are so big and they're colored with primary colors. We found other types of dolls. And these dolls, they really accentuated the contrast. We found cups and bottles. And we found all of this different type of plumber's tape that had high contrast colors. So we basically made all kinds of things that would be stimulating for her vision. And we could see week after week, wow, she is seen further. Wow, she's now starting to reach for things. She was developing eye-hand coordination. Now she's starting to learn to roll from her back to her side. Or you'll see them get into the crawling position and start to crawl. So the main point to this is that during the first six months of life, most of the toys that your child's going to play with are things that you could find at the dollar store. Or we would go to garage sales in the neighborhood. And, you know, parents of little kids buy so many things that you wouldn't believe how much is for sale at a garage sale. So we would really recommend that you keep this in mind as you are decorating your home. We would also do things such as looking at the door jams. And our house was mostly white, so we painted the door jams red. Some of them would be blue. But all of this type of contrast made things much more interesting for her to look at. And then when we would invite friends over who had kids, all these kids, they loved being at our house because it was so visually stimulating. Another thing that you will find, and you don't necessarily have to go and spend a lot of money. They are often available like at the dollar store. But there's a lot of videos. And these are cartoon videos, real basic, real high contrast. Oh, my gosh. And the kids love it. They just love looking at these. So there will be certain times we might have three or four kids over, and those kids are having the greatest time looking at those pictures and different toys. So one of the things that I did is that I asked the folks over at the dollar store, hey, do you have any other types of, you know, plates and cups and mugs and other things like that? He said, oh, I got tons of that stuff. I said, well, you know, we're trying to teach our daughter about these things. He says, you know what, if you would take them out of here right now, I'll give them all to you. Really? So we took them, and we came back with a whole bunch of In-N-Out burgers for the staff there. They were so happy, but we were happy too. But the point is, as you get to know these people, they really want to be helpful to you too. And there's times that they will save things for you in the back there too. So this is the vision development part of it. And during the first year, we really do a lot of vision stimulation that way. Now, we also want to remind you that it is very important for you to take your child to get his or her eyes examined. You know, there may be times when maybe one eye sees blurrier than the other, or one eye is not pointing straight. And when we see that on a child at a young age, we could recommend exercises and things to do, and we could correct those problems very, very quickly. So you want to find a pediatric optometrist who would be able to work with you in those ways as well. Okay, let me go ahead, and I'm going to uh, share the microphone now. Who would like to be next? 
And we do have, Tim, you can unmute. I've tried several different devices like the eSight, the Adaptics, and the Vision Buddy, and, and everything seems to work for people with macular degeneration. I was just trying to, wondering if there's anything out there with those of us who have tunnel vision. You know, we have central vision, but no very little peripheral vision. Well, I could answer that question too. One of the things that we do know is that when people have tunnel vision, they have the ability to see smaller objects better. So if this is your situation, you do not necessarily need something with a very, very large screen. You know, some people look at video magnifiers and they want to connect it to a 75-inch TV. That would be more difficult if you have tunnel vision. So it would be better to have a smaller screen size and to make certain that you could increase the contrast. When people have tunnel vision, if we increase the contrast, that could really greatly improve your vision. And with all of the manufacturers out there, they have representatives that should be able to bring these machines to you at your home, and you could compare them. So far, I haven't found anything. Everything I've talked to and tried, I've tried the east side, I've tried the Envision, I've tried the Adaptics and the Vision Buddy and, and all these other devices. And, no, and all, they all say, well, they work well with macular degeneration. I have a 75-inch television. I can see it a lot better than I could my small one. Okay. Where do you live, Ken? Tim, I, I live in the third world state of West Virginia. And okay. I just... I just recently went to the um, Wilmer Eye and I tried out several different devices and they basically said that uh, there's nothing that they knew of for tunnel vision, that everything was for macular, the macular degeneration. Everything worked well for them. Well, one thing that you may do, I don't know if there's a chapter in your state, but uh, RP International, Retinitis Pigmentosa International, they would have the most most experience for people who do have that type of tunnel vision. I don't know of any that in state, but I'm on the uh, My Retina Tracker, and that's something that people may want to look into because they can send, do DNA testing and tell you what your gene mutation is that has caused, like I, I have RP, and I know that my mutant gene is RPGR-ORF15. Okay. I've not found anything that uh, will improve the central vision. Okay. Let's see. Christine, can you record his contact information, and I'm going to see if I could find RP agency. Hi, gang. It's Katie. I think I got the Hi. technical stuff worked out. Katie, this is Dr. Bill. Would you answer that question about the tunnel field? What my recommendation is, is if you have an opportunity to check out standard high-powered magnifiers or the digital hand magnifier. The, the disadvantage of, of the situation of the bigger magnifiers is it's too much information. You need to have a, a concentrated amount of, of magnification. So um, if, if you, you don't get to have a lot of information, but at least you can get clear information. So what is your goal that you want to achieve with magnification? Well, I'd, I'd like to have something that would let me watch TV. 
Okay, so there are, there are some wonderful augmented reality devices that are, are starting to hit the market. I, I believe that, that may, those may be something that might be able to help you. What I'd like to do, Tim, if you don't mind, is um, if you could, or anybody else in this group, if you want to have your specific questions answered, just contact me at Katie, K-A-T-I-E, at five, the number five, S-T-A-R-E-Y-E-C-A-R-E.com. And that will be in the show notes. So we'll have my, my address. And um, I can give you a list of recommendations. And, and this, is the, this is the key about devices. There are static devices, just, just regular handheld magnifiers. There are the digital magnifiers where a person can go up to like 22 powers of magnification. But the higher the power of the magnification, the smaller the area that you'll actually be able to see. So with the, with the smaller magnifications, like a 5X, you'll have a more, a greater field of vision compared to the higher powered ones. And when a person has such limited vision, especially central vision, then the, the devices, one needs to actually test out which ones are better. Tim, have you ever had an opportunity to try out like uh, the Patriot or the Iris Vision device or any of these other augmented reality or virtual reality devices that look like glasses? I've tried um, like eSight and Adeptics and Vision Buddy and none of them worked for me. Okay. Have you ever tried one of the devices that's like a CCTV? But instead I, of using it for near, then you flip the you flip the device and use it for distance. Have you considered that one? No, I I don't think so. Sorry to take up so much time, but that I was able to share some information that might be helpful for other people. So um, thank you very much. As far as I feel about magnifying devices, that they are more than just a lens that can start a fire, which is kind of what. <laughs> The, uh, the lens, we see them, the magnifiers, uh, the old fashioned ones, and they're very thick. And that's because it's uh, the convex lenses. And you know, it all depends on the type of goals that one has when inquiring about magnifying devices. Uh, are you trying to read a letter or a bill, putting on contact lenses, reading instructions in a pill bottle, or finding out the price of an item at the, the supermarket or, or wherever you're shopping? And then it also depends on the considering the stage of where you're at with your low vision device. If one is newly uncorrectable with low vision, it's like, where do I start? They're seasoned uncorrected low vision. It's like, I know I need help and I'm no longer in denial. I guess I better get some help as far as seeing better. Or a seasoned low vision to legally blind person where 2070 is the best correctable in the, in the best eye. And then you have somebody who is, is kind of like a Tim where he's, he's been around the gamut of, he knows he's low vision and maybe other people here have multiple magnifying devices because they know that it's, there are so many needs. It's kind of like tennis shoes, you know, they, you can't wear tennis shoes to everything. You know, in Hawaii, we would have multiple kinds of slippers or flip-flops as we would call them in California. And just really briefly, I have, my, my background started in when I was in college and I got a job uh, as a receptionist with, with an optometrist and a sales rep came into the office praising the benefits as an optician, saying it only is six months 
uh, trade school college compared to an additional four years in optometry school. So that's what I did. I went to optical training school while finishing up my degree at Cal State Northridge in environmental health. So my career includes work um, creating optical departments for ophthalmology practices, contact lens consulting, specializing in fitting rigid contact lenses for keratoconus, teaching optical technology in the community college and private sectors, and as a low vision manager and specialist for the local assistive technology resource center. That was a Reader's Digest condensed version of where I am and where my background is. It, can I just share a couple more things regarding magnifying devices and then I'll field some more questions or do you guys want to go right into continue with questions? I think it would be great if you continued to share. Sherry, thank you so very, very much. So the, the key thing about magnifying devices is something called the working distance. And that's the distance that, that one actually has the magnifier in relationship to the object being viewed. So like, do we, do we want to have a device where we'll be able to um, have it far away so that we could, we could read something underneath it, we can manicure our, our nails and do things like that. The contrast and comparison is having a small working distance um, and then we can have the higher magnification powers. So um, that would be like a close-up inspection kind of like how it's depicted in the movies, uh, a gemstone worker where the, the magnifying device is up close, really close to the object that's being seen. That's called working distance. And that's different than a field of vision. Field of vision is that the place of where the higher the magnification, the smaller the, the field of the lens. And people say, well, gosh, well, how come it's so small? I want a, a bigger magnifier. But the problem with the bigger magnifiers is that they're weaker powers. So it's a it's that, that yin-yang kind of thing. So a 5X, the, the field of view is about one and a half inches. And the 10X, which is twice the power, is only 0.5 inches. Now, the crazy thing as an optician is that when we do the calculations for this, we work in the metric system. So everything is based on on the relationship to 10 millimeters or 12 millimeters. And unfortunately, then we have to convert it to, to inches. And then we try the magnification devices. Um, we, we offer it to people and then they still have to change up a, up a, up a um, power or down a power because everybody's so unique. And it's, again, it's that, that distance that we're actually holding the device. One of the other factors is besides the power, which is real important, but it's the light and, and the light has plays different factors, whether it's a, a light source directly related to the device or if an external light, because that's going to help somebody with actually seeing the contrast. Contrast is something that they don't often test people. They're going to, when they test people for their vision, they test with a, a Snellen chart. That's the chart that has the big E. But the reality is there's so many people with, with low vision. People have problems identifying the difference between things because it's, it's, there's not enough contrast. It's kind of like gray on gray. And that is, that is a problem for many people with low vision. They're looking at different, the hence, the, the value of the digital devices not only go up in magnification, but they have the contrast difference because so many people can see better with different things like, like the, the yellow on blue, blue on yellow, the white on the black, 
the reds, the greens, the different combinations of colors really helps with the contrast of somebody being able to see. As Dr. Bill was was sharing, you know, there's so many factors that that play a role and I didn't get to hear all of it, but we have light receptors and color receptors. And it's those color receptors receptors that are going to play as much of a part in what we see and how we see as those light receptors. With the digital magnifying devices, the value of these digital devices is they come small, like five inch. And then we have the seven inch and we go larger and larger. We can go to the 10 inch, but by the 10 inch devices, digital devices, they're on a stand and, and they're, they get a little more complicated. They all have not only the magnification, but that color contrast and some of the, the newer models. I love it. They're having the text to speech so that if there's a document, then they can actually read it back kind of like, <laughs> kind of like Jaws, but they can do it in different languages. It just sounds differently. I should say the wonderful thing that I like about some of these magnifying devices is once a person figures it out, what they, what they like or what they don't like, either by going to a conference and testing them out or going to the, um, the resource center, assistive technology resource centers in their state, is that they, once they figure it out, they can actually get it on, online on Amazon. You don't have to go to, to Eschenbach or Freedom Scientific or Humanware. And, and you can, I mean, it gets kind of expensive like that. So we have the different categories, the category of the, the standard magnification devices the, that are handheld. We call them handheld devices. And they're square and round. And uh, many people have already figured out that when it's a big magnifier, that's where the weaker power is. And when there's a small round one in there, that's the stronger magnifying power. And those only have the two powers in contrast to the digital magnifiers that can go again, anywhere from from two times up to 17 to 22 times. Like Eschenbach. Eschenbach, when I first started in the industry, Eschenbach was the go-to place, the only place that I knew of to get low vision devices. Absolutely learned so much from them. And also I was living in Los Angeles at the time. So I went to the, the Braille Institute and in and, and different places to learn more about low vision devices and what was available. And take that, compared to where we are now, it's amazing. One of the things that I value more than anything else is the variety, the variety of new technologies. And, and I need to put a cl clarifier on this. Opticians that work for eye doctors don't understand what many of you are going through. And to expect them to, to know and understand it, they don't. That's not what the training is. They, they are such small training within the optical training. And many op opticians out there, if they're not licensed, they, they just don't have a concept of, of what's going on. My goal, and I'm just, I'm being really transparent with all of you. The reason why I, I was so excited about doing this call is that I'm really doing my best to bridge the gap between the low vision community and eye doctors. And I've spoken with Dr. Bill about this. It is a tough, not to crack, especially with ophthalmologists, because it takes time. It just, it just takes time to, to get the right device for the right person. And the, the needs of somebody with macular degeneration is so entirely different than the needs of somebody who has diabetic retinopathy or retinitis pigmentosa or, or glaucoma vision loss. So my goal is, is, is to say, okay, let's find out what our resources are. Find out where you fit in 
to that, that low vision place. And, and let's dial in and have a path, have a path to follow for all of these different devices. When I was working as, as an optician within ophthalmology practices, I never knew what a CCTV was. It wasn't until I got into the assistive technology world that I learned about them. And now that I know about these CCTVs, that there are so many different types. Every brand has a newer and better model. And let's be realistic. Some of these young people adapt to it really quick. No problems. Easy to teach, easy to work with. But hey, you guys can't see me, but I am a sassy senior. And that's why sometimes technology just gets me right in the place I don't want it to. So I have problems too. But the reality is, is that when somebody has progressive vision loss and as a senior, it's just more challenging to, to find out what devices are good, what devices are best, and what are the options? I want to go into a, a sticky point. And the sticky point is price. Darn it. You know, these devices, the, the better that they get, the more features and benefits that they have, the price goes up. Some of these new virtual reality, augmented reality devices are, are, are like $4,000 across the board. This device, I mean, it's like they all got together and had a convention and said, let's figure out the price. <laughs> and they said, okay, 4,000 is a good number. Um, I am working to figure out ways that I can get people to enjoy and participate in these devices and not have to have carry the whole burden of the, of the price. And I, I wanted to throw in a bonus, a bonus regarding devices. And that is, is glasses. The glasses with polarized lenses. Many people with vision loss have a problem with glare. It's crazy and it's frustrating. And polarized lenses, the reason why people wear them is because they cut the glare. Glasses with an anti-reflective coating, that cuts the glare too, but not like polarized lenses. They're magnificent. And I grew up with my father saying to me, now you can't look through glasses, uh, rose-colored glasses. You know, you have to look at reality. And the reality is rose-colored glasses are fabulous. They cut the glare, especially if they're polarized. There's so many advantages because of where they are, where that, that rose hits in the light spectrum, which is why some people, they look through those rose-colored glasses and it's like the whole world opens up. It's fabulous. So don't rule it out. Now, yellow, yellow lenses, polarized yellow lenses, the best, but allow for more contrast. So something will pop the yellow on black, the, um, the letters pop out more in their, when they're yellow. And that's why there's signs that have that, that yellow black contrast lenses, glasses, lenses with the yellow tint really helps with that contrast. Now, Gray is true color in sunglasses, but they don't help with the vision. Don't help with the vision that much as far as maybe with polarized lenses, they, they cut the glare, it's true vision. But if somebody has low vision, limited vision, that yellow is going to make a big difference. So I'd like to answer questions. We have several raised hands. Vanessa, go ahead. Okay. Um, this, this is really, really great. And real quickly, the question I wanted to ask had to do with HD magnifiers. That's different, right? Or that's something added to digital magnifiers. Is that correct or not correct? It's a type. HD is high definition mm -hmm. contrast. So it's going to make things pop out a little more. It's kind of like looking at a, something 3D, three-dimensional. Mm -hmm. I say, try it out. I think that it's exciting. Try it out. If, if, if more contrast is what you need, more definition is what you need, scope it out. And then the last question, you mentioned um, purchasing 
the magnifiers from Amazon. And I know I called them and when I was asking their pricing on their magnifiers, it was really incredibly low. And so I thought, oh my God, they must not be the same quality. But you just said, first, you know, go to a assistive technology place and try out what you want or what works for you. Then you said, you're saying that Amazon carries all of the name brands? Like, no, you know, the- not all of them, but where I will go with this on Vanessa is that a power is a power. I used to be a snob when it came to sunglasses, for example. And the reality is if I put on a Ray-Ban and I put on a Maui gym, those both pairs of glasses, the different name brands, both polarized and they both provide excellent vision. And they're both about the same price point. If I would go to the drugstore and get a pair of $10 sunglasses, the optics are not going to be good and you get what you pay for. Now with low vision devices, hey, listen, whatever we can, whatever we can get, you know, as far as any vision at all, let, you know, it's, it's kind of like a go for it. But yes, a 10 power, a 10X is a 10X is a 10X. If you need okay. 10X, you know, why pay more money? Thank you so much. Okay, Tom Laylos, you can go ahead. Thanks, Allison. Uh, Katie, uh, I try to keep up with assistive technology over the years, and I use different handheld magnifiers on my low vision journey. And now all that's behind me since I'm blind, but my wife is starting to have problems. And so I'm trying to look for different ways to help her using the knowledge I gained along the way. But for some reason, I'm having a hard time understanding how and what kind of a device is this digital magnifier. I, I, I can't get wrap my brain around this. Describe a digital magnifier to me. Oh, my gosh, Tom, what an excellent question. So a digital magnifier allows one to choose the power magnification. Okay. So, so think of like you're holding your cell phone. And you can, a person can say, can push a button, a plus button, and it will magnify something two times, four times, five times, 10 times. And the advantage of a digital magnifier is because if there's a range of powers, oh my gosh, it's not like you have to carry a, a purse full of handheld magnifying devices. It's one device that has a variety of powers, you push a plus button and- Where would you purchase a device like this? I understand how it might work, but I can't, I, I'm having a hard time deciding where to go to get one of these and the brand name and this, you know, the details of it. This is um, one of those places of YouTube. It sounds kind of crazy, but if you put in the YouTube, digital magnifying devices, you'll be able to hear what it does. Now I can share with you that I think that HumanWare has a fabulous device. All right. Zoom, Zoom Max has a series of devices. Most of these brands have, have digital devices. So even if I go onto the Eschenbach website, there will be a, a drop down and it will it will have digital magnifiers and low vision okay. magnifiers. The popular sizes of handheld are five inch and seven inch. Yeah. 
just just need to let you know. So so it can be carried around the pocket. Mm-hmm. And go to your doctor if you don't have an assistive technology center near you to try it out. Ask your low vision doctor, can we try low vision devices? Or if somebody in your area is selling different types of devices, they may have one, some for you to try All right. or, or for your wife to try. I understand. That gives me a start. So, okay. Thanks, Katie. Appreciate oh, it. You're welcome, Tom. Hey, Tom Frank, you are next, sir. Hello there. Uh, question. All of these people have been talking about all the things I used to use. I can't use them anymore because my vision is worse. Monoculars. And I haven't heard you or any other person with low vision talking about monoculars. And the question would for Tim with limited field, could he not sit across the room with a monocular and watch the TV? Absolutely. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Monoculars are amazing. What could happen if for regarding monoculars? They're such a high power. They can be used as, as a singular, as a singular device. They can be attached to a pair of glasses. They can be attached so it's device is in the center or up at the top. So for the, the pinhole vision. It would need to, the monocular would need to be um, positioned in the glasses in that exact place where that pinhole vision is. So monoculars are high-powered lenses, and they are are still within that range. Uh, it, they use a combination. In, in in my world, we call them a plus lens and a minus lens, but it's like like telescope specialty within a specialty. Thank you for bringing it up. It's not as mainstream. And that's why it's not talked about as much because it's not mainstream. And it's a, it's a time-consuming fit. In the perfect world, one would have a company that specializes in the monoculars come to the doctor's office and actually fit the patient with the right powered or the right type of monocular device. Well, I'm also talking, you just go to your local sporting goods store and see what they got. And if it works, it works. Yeah, yeah that's or, great or, too. Yeah, you just go go to, if you put it in a lens, it costs 10 times as much and, and frames because then it has to be a prescription. But Bosch and Loam, I use Bosch and Loam and they have three power, six power, eight X, whatever. And I would just suggest to Tim or anybody else, especially for distance, but if you have limited, you know, central vision only, that could possibly be a solution to his problem. Just go to Sporting's Good Store and try them out. I love it. I absolutely love it. Thank you very much. I'm going to put that in my notes so that I can use that the next time. And I'm going to go to Sporting Goods Store. I'm going to check out what my local Sporting Goods Store has so that I can add that to my talk. Thank you so very much. Okay, Randy, you can unmute. Hi, I'm calling because in the last year I have glaucoma. I've had it all my life, but in the last year, it's progressed. My vision went from 20, probably 300 to 2,800. And things mm-hmm. are blurry more than anything. But my eye doctors can't determine what my vision really is. So I'm finding reading is, is difficult. And I'm almost ready to just rely upon voiceover, but I do miss reading. Randy, I so get it. There are, I'm going to have two parts to answers to two parts to this. 
Um, there are lenses that are crazy orange color. Has anybody ever had you try any kind of um, lenses that are like a, um, an orangey, yellowy orange color, but more orangey? No, are they a sunglass or what? Eschenbach has a series of, uh, has a whole bunch of glasses that are all different colors. And there, there was a, a special lens made by Corning years ago. I don't even know where to even find it now. They were lenses specifically for people with vision loss from glaucoma. I think that it's probably now a, a type of a, it's a wraparound. It's usually a wraparound glass. Um, and that might give you a little bit more vision. That was one part of it. The other thing is, is that with your vision, your vision is, 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 um, is coming in and, and your peripheral vision, you're losing your peripheral vision, right? I'm or, not even okay. sure what I'm losing because, okay. uh, at times it's like, uh, I see all these lines going across my eyes. Yeah. They're black lines. And then uh, they're jumping up and down. and Oh, that's frustrating, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So I feel for all of you readers, I absolutely feel for you because I know that one of the loves that you have is actually reading the words and, and getting into the story that way. And, and you're able to, to have the voices in your head and all that kind of stuff. I would, I would say consider being more open-minded about all of the other resources that are available for you, like the books that you can get on BART and the movies that have the descriptive, uh, <laughs> descriptive right. technology. I want to say the books, the radio, and okay. And now my favorite, Alexa. Now, if mm -hmm. any of you have an Alexa and it just went off, I'm sorry. She drives <laughs> me crazy too. So a couple of us, we just call her Madam A. She has opened up the world for so many people. I mean, the just what she can do as far as allowing us to explore other options that we may not have even considered before, but we didn't even have before. And the, the Library of Congress, they are magnificent. I just, the resources available through the library are amazing. So many books and movies that are available no charge, no charge for people within this community. No, that sounds good. And one quick question also, um, with the uh, different sunglasses, um, it does help cut down on the glare a lot. Uh, it yeah. lessens the usable vision, but at least the anxiety isn't there. Yeah, and it reduces the headaches. That, that's what the, that, the pink lens re reduces the headaches. That's worth a lot. You bet. All right, thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for the question. Okay, uh, Jane, you can unmute. Hello, everybody. This is Jane from Cape Cod, Massachusetts. And I want to say something to Miss Katie. You have the passion in your voice, and I thank you for that. I've had vision. My vision journey began 34 years ago at the age of 31. And what I know now, what I didn't know then, has changed my life. And I have retinitis pigmentosa, a syndrome of RP called Bardi Beetle syndrome, and glaucoma. And I want to stress the fact that I practically have slim to none vision right now at the age of 65. And I just came back from the Carroll Center for the Blind for a two-week of assessment. And please do not discourage, just 
not eliminate the fact that I went, part of my assessment was low vision, and I said to them, this is ridiculous. I hardly see anymore. This is like the ship has sailed. But Jane, there's audio, and it's so right, because Lady A and Siri has changed my life, and I'm learning technology for the first time, and it has changed my life in a very positive way. So if someone at 65 can learn how to use all these gadgets, so can anybody else. And with Amazon, you're right. Power is power. But the thing about it is, when you order something from Amazon, you're saving anywhere from 2 to $5. Here's an example. If you buy a watch, a large print watch on Amazon, buy the same thing in MaxiAids, you're probably saving about $5. $5. So save your pennies and buy it for something very, very important. And I use text-to-speech, and I use audio. And audio is part of low-vision devices. So thank you, and I appreciate this call that you have given to us. Oh, thank you. So uh, the other bonus is your phone, the, all of the wonderful assistive capacities within the phone. And I know that there have been several presentations on, on phones and especially the, the iPhone. The Androids have them too. And a person can take a picture. This is, this is one of my newest favorites. I even do this now. I take a picture with my phone and then I blow it up. Wow, that's so easy. I don't have to spend more money on a device. I can just literally take a picture and blow it up and I can see it better. Why not? Anyway, next. That's cool. <laughs> I love it. Susan, you may go ahead and talk. I just want to say, I hope you hurry up and shorten the gap between the doctors and the patient mm. because we really do need some kind of source that could direct us of what would be best for each individual. And so I wish you luck. Oh, thank you. If any of you want want any more information, really just reach out to me. I've got some programs that I'm finishing up right now. It's, it's designed for the person who's not where you're at right now. And it's designed for the person who is going to the place where many of you are now. It's a crazy place. And, and I don't know how many of you have been through this cycle of denial. It's kind of like, okay, when you're 40, you know, you have to stretch your arm out, you know, and, and, oh, okay, I'll get, I'll get cheaters. I'll get magnifiers. And then you go through that next phase of where it's either a cataract surgery or, or something like that. And then you reach an, a, a point where inevitably, if you don't have glaucoma, then you're going to have macular degeneration. Unless the person who has fabulous vision is their seniors. I mean, seniorly seniors, but as many of you know, many of you are, are younger and, and you can at least say to your doc what you, what you want to communicate, because it's like right there in, in their face, you, you're seeing the retinal specialists getting the best answers you possibly can. But, oh my gosh, all of the people that are in denial, but then after the denial place is the depression. I hate it to, to do this, but you know what, what do whatever it takes to go to skip that, that journey of denial to depression. And darn it, if you fall into the pit, there are ways out of the pit. And an Alexa is an example, or Siri, are ways out of the pit. And the assistive technology devices, whether it be magnifying for, for close-up or for distance, they're there, but we just need to know who to ask. We need to know who to ask and the right kind of questions. So that's, that's where I am. Ask me, write me, 
I'm here for you. And I'm here for the community. I just, I just love this, this community. Katie, what is your last name? Friedman, Friedman, F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N. And could you please give us the website again? You can email me, Katie at fivestareyecare.com. So my, my website will be fivestareyecare.com. Well, Katie, it's been a wonderful evening listening to all of your experience and all of your experiences. And of course, Dr. Bill, it's been great having you back. One of the things that I noticed when you were talking about young children and you know, high contrast with colors and such, those are exactly the same things that so many of us need now in the other end of life in order to find things on a counter, what have you, as our vision is decreasing, like it was increasing with those children before. And, but I want to thank you very much, both of you, for being with us this evening. Very quick personal note. I went to my first low vision specialist. I'm originally from Boston, Gunderson Eye Clinic, and then Scapin's Retina Associates. And the most wonderful low vision specialist I ever worked with, his name was Dr. Jerry Friedman. Oh, no relationship. No, oh. no, but it, it really hit me today when I was looking at your bio and that I was like, I feel like I've gone full circle somehow. I want to thank you both very much and thank everyone who's been on our program this evening. And we look forward to having you all back for next month's Let's Talk Low Vision with Dr. Bill on the third Tuesday in January. And if Kathy King, she can also tell you about what's going on. Hi there. Monday night, we have game night. And then next Thursday night, we have a special speaker talking about advocacy who promises to be fabulous. And next Friday, New Year's Eve morning, we're going to be having a closing up of 2021 session during the coffee hour for those that want to convene. So we welcome you all to that. In a week or so, we will have this episode of Let's Talk Low Vision up on the website and out on the podcast feed. Thanks, so Kathy. Thank you. Good night and have a happy and safe holiday week ahead of us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Let's Talk Low Vision, presented by the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International, CCLVI. If you would like to be sure to hear the next episode when they become available, just click the subscribe button on your podcast application. If you listen to this episode on our website, please know you have more ways to listen to us. You may use Alexa, Google Home, or most podcast applications, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Overcast. You may also visit cclvi.org and click Let's Talk Low Vision, and you will find information there about the many ways to conveniently and accessibly listen to CCLVI podcasts. To contact Let's Talk Low Vision or CCLVI, please visit the website. There is even an archive of prior episodes available there. This podcast is a production of the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International, and it is copyrighted and all rights are reserved. Copyright 2021, CCLVI. We also have a toll-free number available for information about CCLVI, 844-460-0625. Again, that number is 844 460 0625. 
And finally, if you would like to be added to any of our email lists, please contact our webmaster at cclviwebmaster at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us.